So this is the very first Cruising with Doris Visits, the podcast. Hello from me, Stuart. Hello from me, Jean. So here we are. And hopefully we'll be here every Sunday, um, leading up to the lunchtime. So, programme one, people might ask us to explain why Doris Visits. People often ask us to explain why Doris visits. <laughs> I know, but I have done that and I didn't really want to start off the first programme with that because I thought it might be an idea to ask why cruise. Well, that's a very good idea because I was very anti-cruise a long time ago, if you remember. Yes, you were. You didn't want to cruise, said it wasn't for you, and yet you'd never cruised. That is true. I don't know why I said it. I thought cruising was just for old people. Um, It was a long time ago. I thought, oh, I like to go to a different place and explore the place completely. And I didn't realise, actually, how much you can get done in a day at a port and how enjoyable it would be to come back to my five-star luxury hotel in the evening and chill. What led us into cruising, and neither of us wanted to, it was not on our radar, was I was actually asked to go by Emmerdale, Mm -hmm. uh, the ITV... um, press department asked me to go as a representative of the program on a cruise because a slot was there and the actor who was meant to go couldn't go. And Tim Fee, bless his soul, who was the heart and soul of Emmerdale, uh, asked me to go. Now, I came home and told you and it was like, you almost said, go by yourself. Well, I did, yeah. I thought, oh no, do I have to do this? And I, I did say, well, if you really want to do it, you can go on your own. And then I thought, but no, I should try it. Okay. Did you like it? I absolutely loved it. My first cruise was fantastic. It was the Suez Canal, Panama Canal. (laughs) And yeah, and it was really, really... One canal, seen them all. Yeah, seen one, seen them all. No, but it was an eye-opener. It was fantastic. Yeah, the Panama Canal was exciting. But we then went from Panama right across the Pacific to... Tahiti. Tahiti, yeah. Yeah. Which we visited again, didn't we? Because we loved it so much. And our first ship? It was Fred Olsen, Black Watch. The Black Watch, yes. right. And that, in fact, is the smallest ship we've ever been on. Mm, but it was lovely. It was kind of faded glamour, I remember. Yeah. So here's another question that some cruisers ask, say, they'll go, oh, I, I like small ships. I don't want to go on a big ship. Yeah. Now, the Black Watch was the smallest we'd been on. That, in fact, holds 539 people. Do you know where it is? No idea. It's actually been banked on the beach in India for scrapping. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, and it shouldn't have been. Fred Olsen actually had booked it for um, green scrapping properly and tried to even stop it going to India uh, after the sale. But uh, they they banked it on the beach, so getting it off would be almost impossible. So it will get scrapped now, um, in perhaps not such a green way. The next smallest ship we've been on is the Adonia, which... I loved. Yeah, that was great. I remember the piano bar on the Adonia. And I remember when we were on the Adonia, we visited Bequay, which is one of my favourite ports of all time. Yeah. The Adonia now is the Azamara Pursuit and they are R-class ships. They're absolutely wonderful. Oh, and the largest ship we've ever been on is the Britannia, which I was worried at first because I thought I would get lost because it is so big. Does that mean I should only ever take you to small shopping centres? Oh, no, that does not, not okay. equate. Therefore, a big argument that definitely ship doesn't does not work. equate. <laughs> Actually, it took me a very short while to orientate myself. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about big ships another time. OK, because? Because we are going on the Iona soon, which I'm very excited about. Oh, right. And uh, we can tell you all about that. Maybe we can do a show live from there. 
Brilliant idea. I, I think see. we'll try and ask some of our friends who are in the entertainment, who actually almost live at sea. Gary. It's a very strange life. Gary would be a great one. Yeah. Uh, Manuel Martinez. Mm. All right, let's try and get him um, over the next uh, few weeks or months. It could be a crew member. It could be a guest cruiser that comes on. So this will be a regular thing. First off, Robert Dawes. Now, he's not the guy in Poldark that took his shirt off, is he? No, I don't think he is. No. <laughs> he was in Poldark, though. Yeah. But he definitely didn't take his shirt off. Um, he's been in Casualty, played Simon Easton. The Royal, where he met his lovely wife, Amy. Um, and Coronation Street, he played Mr. Hughes, and he's been in Doc Martin. And he and I were in the bill together in the very early days of the bill. Wow. Now, the reason we're talking to Robert is he is a guest celebrity lecturer on ships, old mucker Robert. So, Robert, you've been on Alan Titchmarsh this week. Now, Doris visits podcast. And as well as an actor, you're a crime writer with stories based in the port of Gibraltar. Correct, yes. The place every cruise ship stops. (laughs) (laughs) Why crime in Gibraltar? The sun? Ah, I thought, where can I go? And I knew Gibraltar very well. I've been going by that time to Gibraltar at least once a year for at least two decades. So I knew it, and I knew the policing system was identical, exactly the same policing system as in the UK. So I didn't have to study any um, uh, foreign police procedures and ways of approaching things. I could just take the plot and put it in a different setting, a setting that I knew very well, mm. and I, I think something that added an awful lot to it. So that's that's why I set it in Gibraltar. I'm very fond of Gibraltar. I'm very fond of the uh, of the people of Gibraltar. But it's just such a great hub. Mm. Life is coming through it. People say, "Well, it's so small." I mm. say, "Yes, but you've got millions of people going through it. You've got and you've got Spain to the north. You've got Africa a few kilometres ac- across the, the the straits. You've got all these." wonderful locations and of course you've got the sea and dare I say although of course I'm never going to use it cruise ships <laughs> no you have to you have to do you work when you're on the cruise ship I, I find it very hard to write not impossible uh, to write uh, on the cruise ship because I'm having such a nice time mm. um, and we're very busy let's face it I yeah. mean it, you know it's it's very much a busman's um, holiday and I'm not saying it in a, in a negative way because the work is is, is lovely meeting people and talking to people and all the rest of it. You, I know, have a really strong work ethic on board ships. This is my research. Every port we get off, we film it, we learn everything about the film, uh, the port, and, 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 you know, as an actor and a writer, Mm. you're walking around and you see the streets differently to the the public, the tourists. You're looking looking for all sorts of things. Are your books an easy read? You know, a cruise holiday read. It's it's got a pace, it's got a pace to it, yeah. and I think that is a pace that comes from understanding uh, working in films and television. Mm. Uh, and so you don't, you won't get long chapters. Um, that I, I try to keep my foot on the gas for as much as I possibly uh, possibly can. So uh, yeah, I think they're a fairly easy e- easy read. You know, um, and they're, they're based on a, the classic whodunit style. Yeah. You know, pretty much you have to sort of. And do you know when you start your book, Who Done It? Yes. Ah, so your characters um, don't lead the way. You you have the plot in your head. I have the basic plot. Doesn't mean it doesn't change. I don't know about you, Stuart. But uh, but what I do is I write down the basic plot. So I've got an idea. I've got my main characters, and I know sort of where I'm going, and I know who's done it. Do you find that being an actor helps you to write? I look at it as an improvisation in my head. So that's where my 
acting experience, I think, may in some way um, influence my, my writing. I mean, the, the nature of the business is, is the same, whether you're writing a book or whether you're giving a performance or whether you're, you're directing a film. It, it, the onus is to entertain. Hey, Stuart, you and Robert should join your books together. Very good idea. <laughs> yes, yes, Gus Broderick's old yeah. mucker comes into town <laughs> on the spirit of whatever. Can you use the actual names of the ships that you, no, you have to make? No, no, all my ships are fictitious, but th- I would use a class of ship. Yes. So definitely people who've been on a grand class ship, whether it be the Azora or one of the uh, princess versions, would recognise the layout of the ship. Yes. Yeah, uh, those people who've been on a smaller ship would would recognise that it may have been the Black Watch yeah. or a similar ship, yes, or could have been the Adonia um, that was going across with serial killer. So they will, they'll get excited. Okay, you two writers are having far too much fun. Sadly, we need to move on. Thank you so much, Robert. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's been a pleasure talking to you both. Pleasure. Thanks very much indeed. And the full interview with Robert is on our YouTube channel or Facebook. Just search Doris Visits Robert Dawes. The Robert Dawes trilogy on Gibraltar are The Rock, Poisoned Rock and Killing Rock. Details of the three books are on the blog associated with this podcast on our dorisvisit.com cruise website, where there are also links to the films and things we mention on a Sunday morning. We're also going to try on these um, chats to go somewhere. And I thought for the first one, I don't know why it came to mind, really, but you nearly got in trouble in St. Kitts. Do you remember? No, surely not. Not me. <laughs> you climbed a bell tower. Oh, and I wasn't supposed to because... Um... No, we, you can climb the bell tower. Oh, and I wasn't supposed to ring the bell. We've arrived in St. Kitts. It's nine o'clock in the morning and it's 29 degrees and it's going to go up to 32 degrees. This little island is only 68 square miles and over a quarter of it is protected. We found the church. Let's see if I can climb to the top. If you thought the stone steps in Tallinn were narrow, try these. At the bottom, there's a very narrow spiral stair. And then I'm on my third flight of steep wooden steps. And in this heat, it's quite challenging. You come up through a trap door and you end up on like, it's like a corrugated iron roof, but I'm assured it's quite safe to stand on. And then you've got these wonderful views. So here's the bell. I better not ring it or they might come, all come to church, but I think I could. No, we can't. It's automatic. Ah. We only, only during communion time, the sexton ring this one inside but the right. other one is automatic it um, on itself. so you can't go up there and ring it no you can't no. because you would be disturbing the town right because you have so many persons down they depend on it so when they hear the bed they'll see they'll check their watch to make sure all yeah. is well and ah, it's the same time on the hour yes yes good job I didn't ring it <laughs> each week here on the Cruising Doris Visits podcast we hope to have a tech tip for cruisers It depends on where David is, and at the moment he's sailing on the spirit of adventure, which means he's got free Wi-Fi. Yay! So, David, on the way home, please, can we have a tech tip, but without one of your corny jokes? (laughs) I'm sorry, Stuart. 
uh, the corny jokes and the puns are just part of the package. <laughs> um, but anyway, let me tell you something, because recently I was doing some Tech It Easy lectures on a cruise ship, and I spotted a piano. So I pointed over to it and I told the audience that I couldn't play the piano. I have never been able to play the piano, Stuart, except after a particular glass of wine. That wine is Piano Grigio. Why do we invite him? <laughs> or maybe Piano Noir. <laughs> anyway, joke over. Well, maybe not. But here's a, a real take it easy tip. On the way past Gibraltar, it might be tempting to switch on the data on our phones to get a connection so we can send those WhatsApp messages. But be careful, because just across the sea from Gibraltar is Africa. So we could be connecting to a signal in Morocco. Now, even if we have roaming as part of our phone package so that we don't have to pay extra to use our phone in Europe and so on, connecting to Africa by accident can be very expensive, even for one WhatsApp message. So it's probably better to leave our phone in aeroplane mode while we sail through the Straits of Gibraltar. So we can avoid that shock when we arrive home and see that enormous mobile phone bill. So, let's keep the phone costs down and always remember to take it easy. I hope that was useful. See you next time. Thanks, David. I don't know what ship you're on next week, but hopefully we get another tip. And we finish with a chapter read from the cruise novel Cruise Ship Heist. This is Cruise Ship Heist, written and read by Stuart St. Paul. Oh, that sounds very formal. Shh. Chapter 1. Problem. I'm Commander Kieran Phillips. Or was. I've been discharged from my military service. Not that the Army uses that term nowadays. There won't be much paperwork on it. There never was much paperwork on anything they had me do. I can sense when something's very wrong. But the real skill is to figure out what it is before it kills you. Maybe I'm overthinking things, suffering from no longer being in military service. But something feels wrong. Maybe I need more therapy, but I used to be paid to feel this right. The hairs on the back of my neck, the sensitive skin under my ears and on my cheeks sense danger. The pressure, the texture and the temperature. The air in this small plane has been less fresh than on my long-haul flight, but now the doors must be open. People are reaching overhead for their bags, hurrying to queue to leave. Like so many young soldiers I watched rush in under fire when a cool head might have saved them, they're keen to get off. Their bulky hand luggage appears too heavy. Relocation? A mass exodus from Colombia to Costa Rica? Perhaps they're hawkers, off to sell to tourists on the beaches, and this excess hand luggage is their stock. That would explain the impatience. Every minute lost is a missed sale. Stand up and join the queue, I tell myself, but I remain fixed in the penultimate row at the rear of the plane. The larger part of me is not ready to stop profiling others and join civilians. I never asked to be a real civilian. 
I changed planes for the second time in Cartagena after a long flight across the Atlantic, so I'll have to wait for my checked-in case if it managed to follow me. My hand luggage is two uniforms. Parade for a casual event and ceremonial for formal evenings. Plus black boots. None of that leaves my side now, but I can no longer replace it. Everything else I own is replaceable and stowed below, hopefully. I'm wearing civvy hiking boots just in case I can get to see Braulio Carrillo National Park before we sail. I'm ready to dump bags and run, although I suspect that's a long shot. A travel day often vanishes, and so far, this has been two days, three planes. I feel the heat now, but I'm used to that. I convince myself that the queue at immigration, then a wait at baggage reclaim, will put me behind the semi-locals with their excess hand luggage arguments at customs. So I should stay put. But the real reason is the woman behind me. I can't turn and look, but I noticed earlier. She's built like an athlete, wide shoulders, toned arms. She hasn't moved either. An athlete would be up and in this race. She, however, has a worrying coolness and is waiting for something. That's it for this week. So what's coming up? Well, in the next few weeks, we hope to bring you some more cruising fun on a Sunday morning here on Cruising with Doris Visits. What do you have planned? I'm looking forward to the Christmas special. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We go to the Christmas markets, Oslo, Hamburg. My favourite. Copenhagen. And not to forget the Caribbean. We'll go behind the curtains and talk music. Orchestras on ships. What's the biggest orchestra you've seen? Um, don't know. 96, I will explain. But it beats a trio on stage. We have a comedy special. World cruise time after Christmas, so we'll discuss some special locations like Fiji. And we have some words from one of your buddies. My crossword partner, Francis Rossi. From Status Quo. All will be explained, but they have played on a cruise ship and they are in one of my lectures. So please share, like, subscribe and most importantly, tell all your friends. We have some special news to impart when we do our cruise ship episode. Whose mother-in-law am I? Hollywood star Cary Grant. I'm not that old. All will be explained. That's quite a lot in the next few weeks on Cruising with Doris Visits. So please find the Doris Visits TV channel on your TV's YouTube app. YouTube.com slash Doris Visits if you're watching on a computer or iPad. We have over 400 port guide films and it's better on a big screen. No, it shows up all my wrinkles. And find Doris Visits chat groups on Facebook. Our Azura group by Doris Visit has over 13,000 members already. Our new Ambassador Cruises group has about 4,000 already. And we also have groups from Rella, Fred Olsen, Saga, Viking, Cunard and lots more. Maybe we can get some guests on with their own special cruise moments. Find us on Doris Visits and hear us in the next show. Goodbye until next time from me, Stuart. And me, Jean. And all those who are on Cruising with Doris Visits.